Hello, and welcome to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Shirley, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen. Each week, we will be releasing sermons and studies delivered directly from the pulpit at our church. Our goal with this podcast from Calvary Road Baptist Church is to make the gospel and sound biblical preaching more available to a wider audience. We hope that these sermons will be a blessing and an encouragement to you each week. As the scripture reads in Psalm 119 and verse 116, Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Now, let's hear from God's word. Amen. Wrapped in swaddling clothes. Truth is, it ought to have been the finest material the earth had to offer. Ought to have been a bed made of gold and silver. But instead, it was a manger and just whatever swaddling clothes they happened to have, you know. He came humble, he came lowly, and he laid aside his glory to come down and to be the greatest gift this world has ever received. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 2. We've been uh, here for a couple Sundays this month, and we'll close out this morning with this thought concerning the three-part gift of Christmas. And uh, we'll go ahead and read here. I'd like to read from the, uh, from the first few verses down uh, through verse number 20. And uh, we'll do that now. You know, I, I hear a lot of talk, and I, I, you know, sometimes we'll hear preachers talk or see different things on social media or something about this time of year. Um, some preachers will go and they'll preach through uh, some Christmas passage during the month of December. Some will uh, just do that on Sunday morning. Some will avoid that altogether and they'll say, well, you just preach what's on your heart. And I agree with that statement. You preach what the Lord lays on your heart. I was glad when the Lord gave me a thought uh, for this because I didn't want to force one. Amen. The Lord put these, this passage on my heart some months back. And, um, but I will say this, there's something special about these, these passages. Amen. These words, you know, we'll get together around Christmas time. Uh, you might have a Christmas meal, Christmas dinner at your fam- with your family. And, uh, you know, sometimes something uh, we would do, my dad would have us do, is we'd stand and read a part of the Christmas story and the Word of God uh, before we would eat. Or sometimes you might have a Christmas meal at the church and they'll do that. Or whatever it may be. But these, these passages, a lot of times we don't really focus on them that much except for when it's around this time of year. Uh, and so let's, let's take a minute... And let's not take for granted the wonder of this passage. Uh, We sing, we just sang the song, Hark the Herald, talked about how that the miracle of him being born from a virgin's womb. Let's not forget. I know know, we may think that's old hat. No, that's miraculous. It's only ever happened once, and it'll never happen again. I mean, we're talking about a life-changing, history-altering event that took place here in these passages. And it's our honor to get to read them, take some time, and to really consider just how wonderful a gift the Son of God really is to us and to the whole world. Amen. On this day in Christmas, Luke chapter 2, and we'll just start in verse number 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. 
And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Verse 8, And there were in that same country shepherds abiding in the field, watching over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Thank God for those last two words. All people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in their heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank You, God, for Your Word. We thank You, Lord, for this day, Christmas. We thank You, Lord, for what it means. God, we thank You, God, for that momentous day, Lord, when Your Son was born there to a virgin woman. God, when You were laid in that manger, God, when the angels came and spoke to those shepherds, God, and those wise men traveled from afar to see, God, the Son of God that had been born, this promised one, this anointed one, this Christ, this Emmanuel, whose name was Jesus. God, we pray this morning, if You would, Lord, help us, God, as we look to Your Word and we consider the great gift of Christmas, God, that it would stir our hearts, God, I pray. Lord, that it would stir us, Lord, to be better, Lord, in the, in the days, in the months, and years to come. Lord, that it would stir us, Lord, to love You more than we loved You today and we loved You yesterday. God, to always keep in our hearts the wonder and the greatness that is the birth of Your Son. We love You, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Here. In these passages, as we have seen and looked, we've read how that uh, these angels came. Well, this one angel came to deliver a message to those shepherds. And you read the account of the birth of Christ, and you'll see those different people, the different individuals who are involved. And then you may see yourself reflected in this one or that one. I, I don't see myself reflected so much in those wise men, for I don't really think I'm all that wise. I'm definitely not a part of with Joseph or Mary to be, to be as God said, that Mary was highly favored. Now, God has definitely favored me in my life, and I say amen, but I don't, I don't see myself in Mary. I, I say the one I see myself the most in are probably these shepherds, just nobodies with no name, right? Uh, no great power, no great value to society, just, a, just some men out at night watching sheep. No great riches to speak of. Uh, their names are not recorded. They're not kings. Uh, they're not anyone of renown. They're just three men out there doing their job and living their lives until suddenly God came 
right to where they were with a message specifically for them. I can relate to that. Because I remember the day when God came right to where I was with a message specifically for me. And the message that was brought to me is very similar to the one that was brought to them, and that was this. You need to find Jesus. Amen. You need to, you need to meet Jesus. They heard, and then after hearing those things, the Bible said, they looked at each other when the angels were gone, and they said, well, let's go find Him. Let's go figure out where He is. Let's go and, and see what these angels have told us about. And they went, and then when they left, they told everybody, and they praised God for what they'd heard and for what they'd seen. And right there before those angels, as those shepherds stood there and that angel appeared to, to tell them about the Son of God born there, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and, and the, the heavenly host began to praise God. And in verse 14, they said, Glory to God in the highest. And that was the first part of the, the gift of Christmas, that Jesus is the glory of God. Amen. He is the merciful, manifested glory of God. And that He laid aside His glory as the Son of God to display, He said, I have come to do the will of my Father. Is that what He said? He said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And He came to show us God like we had never seen Him before. We learn more about God in the Gospels than we can in the whole Bible. Because the Son of God came to show us God and who He really is. We see glory to God in the highest. And then, then the second part of that, we see that on earth, peace. And we talked about that, how that Christ brought a sort of peace that had never before been known. We read that quote, how that kings and emperors, they, they may be able to grant peace in war, but they can never grant peace from envy, peace from strife, peace from fear. That that is the uh, sort of peace that only the God of heaven can grant. What, what the Bible calls the peace that passeth all understanding. It is, a, it is a supernatural peace that had never truly been known before Jesus came. And then He ascended to heaven and sent down the Comforter, that Holy Spirit who brought us peace like had never been known only through the giving of the Son of God. On earth, peace. And then lastly this morning, we're going to look at this third part of the three-part gift of Christmas mentioned there by that angel and those, those heavenly hosts as they cried out praising God. Good will toward men. Good will toward men. What exactly is that good will? Well, it is toward men, and we know that it is from God. It is God's good will. And there's a whole lot that can be said about the will of God, and we're not going to dig into that great deep thought this morning. Rather, that word good will, it is translated from a Greek word meaning delight, kindness, wish. It is a it is a desire for goodness. And Jesus Christ exemplifies God's desire to do us good like no one ever has, like no one else ever could. Jesus is a picture of God's desire for great things for us. Amen. Here is a time when there's no great open vision from God in Israel. Here is a time when those in Israel who are meant to be the, the religious, the Pharisees, those who are supposed to be the closest to God and the most learned in the law in all truthfulness are not pleasing God so much with their lives. The law has become something corrupted by those in power for many of them, 
And every soul on earth, every soul, from Abraham to then, I mean, every one of them, all of them, have all failed to keep the law. As far as deserving the goodness of God, there is really not any of that on the earth. That word, eudokia, translated to goodwill, other places it's seen as good pleasure, seeming good is a desire. It is a, a great desire toward good in our lives. That's what goodwill is, isn't it? Goodwill is going out of your way for the goodness of someone else. And can I just tell you, no one has ever gone further out of their way for someone else's good than Jesus did for your good. No one ever has ever shown more charity, more love, more selflessness, and more desire for the goodness of others than Jesus Christ. What a gift that is. This goodwill refers to a choice and a desire of pleasure and goodness towards someone or something. In other words, the gift of Christ to this world was given in pleasure. The Bible said it pleased Him to bruise Him for us. Jesus came, God gladly gave His Son. Amen. It was a gift given in pleasure for our good. I say amen. The gift of Jesus is for our good. In fact, it's all good. For us, the gift of Jesus... Now, there was some evil in the gift of Jesus. And that evil was all put on Him. That He became sin. Who knew no sin? That we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. There was evil in the giving of Jesus Christ. And that evil was our sin that was all laid on Him. And He took on Himself all of that bad and all that darkness and all that evil, but every bit of it was for your good. Every bit of it was for my good. It was that gift given in pleasure by God for our good because of God's kindness. Let me give you two points this morning. And I'll go quickly. First, I want to see God's good will displayed. In Jesus Christ. John chapter 5, verse 30, Jesus said, I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. My judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. Jesus' entire ministry was to show forth the will of his Father. And we know even in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he prayed under that great burden of fear and, and stress so much that he became so, the Bible said, distressed that he sweat great drops of blood. Why? Why did he endure all that? Because he came to show the will of his Father. And it was his Father's will that he would come and die for our sins. First, we see in this display of God's good will, we see his desire is displayed. God gave opportunity after opportunity in the Bible, in the Old Testament, to restore Israel, to set them on the right path. In fact, He gave opportunities to the whole earth when He created Adam and Eve perfect and sinless in the garden. And they had one thing they were not supposed to do, and they messed it up. Then you go from Adam and Eve on down through time, and there in just a few generations, the hearts of man are on evil, only evil, continually. Amen. And the whole world has fallen into darkness and the Noah finds grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God, one more time, 
resets the whole planet. Chooses one man and his family who know God and love God, a preacher, amen, puts them in the boat, wipes out all of humanity except for one godly family. A few generations later, you've got false gods, you've got wickedness over all the earth. God looks at it and says, okay, here we go. We're going to do things different this time. Now I'm going to choose one man. And I'm going to make me a nation who will be as the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky. And I'm going to take this one nation and, and all the rest of the world that's gone wicked and, and that hates me and that doesn't love me and won't serve me down there in Sodom and Gomorrah and across the earth who have gone the wrong way. I'm going to leave them to their wickedness and I'm going to choose one man and his family, Abraham. And then what happens? Well, they go wrong too. And then he restores them. And then they go wrong. And then he gets them out of slavery. And he takes them to the promised land. And they can't even get to the promised land without making false gods while their God is in a great cloud on top of the mountain with their leader. And they're down here taking their earrings and making golden calves. Over and over and over, God has given chance after chance after chance to all of humanity, to all of Israel. And after all of that, He still has goodwill toward mankind. You ever got fed up? How has God not got fed up? And I mean with all of us. I mean with a snap of His fingers, He could turn this whole mud ball inside out. While they're cursing His name, mocking His Son, Christmas Day. And, and in this country, under God, it's taboo to say Merry Christmas on television. And here we are, and God, you know what He's got for this world? Goodwill. Not contempt and hatred. Why? Because Jesus showed us His desire for us. God loves us like a man pursuing a sweet, dear bride. And every time she turns around, she spits in His face. Amen. That's the way God pursues us. Amen. We are called the bride of Christ, are we not? That God loves us so greatly, He desires us, that He wants to be with us, that He even sent His only Son so that He could be close to you and me. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 said, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, which is as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward. I say amen. He is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. Now, someone who is a cynic might look at that and say, see, God just wants to control us, and that's why God just wants us to repent. No, 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 no. God wants you to repent because He wants to be close to you. God will not and cannot bear sin. He can't be with it. He can't be around it. He can't bear sin. So what He did is He had His precious and perfect Son live perfect as a man and take on your sin so that all you've got to do is receive a gift and you can be with God. What gift? Well, just believe. Just trust. And suddenly God says, don't you know I, I love you? I want to be with you. I want to be near you. And as those shepherds walked in there that day, and they look down at that baby in the manger, and there is Mary pondering these things in her heart. 
There sets the perfect gift that will once more bring wicked man to a holy God and they can be together and God can come to where we are. That He can reach down to the lowest sinner no matter where you are, what you've done, and He can pick you up and, and take you unto Himself. Why? That's His desire. He loves you. He's long-suffering to usward. That means He don't ever get fed up. He just keeps trying and trying and trying that as long as there's breath in your lungs, He wants to be close to you. Amen. God don't give up. He don't give up on us. He desires us. His desire is displayed through Christ. Not only His desire toward us, but His delight is displayed. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 says this, But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, didn't we just look at that the other day? Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved. God, who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, he delights in us. God, when He looks at His children, when He thinks of us, it gives Him joy. He has a great love for us. And if y'all with children this morning, you, you know what it's like. This morning in our house, we, had, we got up early and we had Christmas and the kids all opened their gifts. And, and you watch them and you want to see that light light up on their face when they get that one gift, you know. And there's Parker over in the little bouncy seat with like a couple little things, and she's just like, I'm, I'm asleep, who cares, right? But Peyton over there, you know, she's five, and now she's at kind of at that perfect age of oh, the hype, you know. Here's Link, you give him one, he's like, oh, can I have another one? Oh, let me open another one. But they're your children. You love them. And that love is a supernatural love. I mean, it's something that comes up so deep. Before, before I had kids, I could probably count on, on, on half a hand the times I've ever teared up in a movie. I just, I'm just not really that kind of guy. Since I've had kids, I think something's changed. I'm just weepy. I don't know. I'm like Brother Joe. Amen. I, you know, I just, it wells up in me. Amen. I, and, and by the way, that's not picking. That's a, that's a good thing, Brother Joe. It just wells up. I'll be sitting there and I'm just like... Suck it up. Why? Something about that, that supernatural love that God puts in you for your children. And, and, and it's amazing, isn't it? That don't even compare to how much He loves you. And I can't think of anything greater than the love of a parent to their child except for God's love for us. So uh, how can it be greater? Because He looked at His child, gave Him in exchange for you. That don't even make sense. He delights in you. I believe that God's heart is warmed and excited when He thinks about you. When you praise Him, when you say, I, I want to thank the Lord for saving my soul, I think in heaven he just, he just delights in that. When we stand and we sing, Oh come, let us adore Him. I think God the Father smiles because He delights in us. And that's shown in that precious baby in that manger. His delight is displayed. His decency is displayed. Ephesians chapter 2, in those next couple verses, it says this. It talks about that great love wherewith He loved us. It said this, 
So he hath raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. God showed his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Romans chapter 5 explains it very well. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth. That means He absolutely proves it. God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God is decent and kind. How do we know? Well, you know, some would die for a righteous man, for a good person, what we would call good, right? Some would go out of their way for a good, loving, kind, decent, generous person. But what sort of person would lay down their life for a sinner? What sort of person will lay down their life for someone who is not good, who's not decent, who is not generous, who is not kind? Because those are the ones whom God died for. Those are the ones whom God sent His Son for. Jesus said, I've not come to... He said, those that are well, they they don't need to be healed. He said, but those who are sick are the ones in need of a physician. So while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That is God's decency. His willing to go above and beyond and out of His way and His Son even all the way to the cross. For who? For those wicked. For the lowest low in society. Think of the worst, most wicked and ungodly sinner you can imagine. That is who Jesus died for. He died for you. He died for them. God does not look through the lens of, well, who's worthy and who's not worthy. God did not choose a few and leave the rest to damnation. God said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And He's gone to the the lowest and the sinner and the wicked and, and and the deepest and lowest ditch. He'll reach down in His decency. That is the display of His good will. Can you see that? Has God displayed His goodwill in your life? Has He saved you? Has He blessed you? He's been way better than you deserve. He's been way better than I deserve. What a shame it would be for me to miss out on the great blessing of of how good God is by focusing... on on the low parts of life. Which, by the way, sometimes can get pretty low. I'm not trying to downplay how difficult life can be. But even in the darkest and even in the most difficult time, God has given us a gift, and that gift is this, His good will. That if no one else loves me, God loves me. If no one else is kind to me, He'll be kind to me. If no one else is there for me, He'll be there for me. 
Amen. We see His goodwill displayed, and then I'll give you this thought will be done. His goodwill duplicated. This time of year especially, you see a lot more people being charitable. We give gifts. We do nice things for people, say kind things for people, or we should, right? It's that time of year, that time of giving, that time of, uh, of goodwill, right? The truth is, if God has been so very good to us, as Paul said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, that as Christ has been good to us, We've received the manifested glory of God in salvation. We've received the peace on earth that passeth all understanding in salvation. We've received the goodwill of God that He would come all the way down here just because He wants to be with you. We've received that. Well, then now we ought to reciprocate. That goodwill of God ought to go out from us to Him and from us toward others around us. That we ought to duplicate the will, the good will of God. Are we not supposed to emulate the life of Christ? We are, right? Let us take into our heart just how good God has been to us and let us then try our very best to exhibit that love to those around us. Just as God showed us His desire toward us, we should duplicate His desire in our concern for others. <clears throat> Jude Verse number 20 said, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves, he said, in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Jude said, Keep yourselves in the love of God, Build yourselves up in your most holy faith and look for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ of eternal life. What's he saying? He's saying we need to keep ourselves in the love of God. And what is that love? It's the love of goodwill. It's the love that caused Him to give His Son so that you could be saved. If we're going to keep ourselves in that love, that means that we must have a concern for those around us who are not saved. Just as the Lord sent His Holy Ghost at one time this morning, if you've been saved, He sent that Holy Spirit by your way to whisper to your heart, draw you into Him. Y'all remember that? You remember that moment when you heard about the Lord Jesus? When you realized your need for a Savior and you put your faith and trust in Him? You remember that moment? Well, just as that Holy Ghost came to work... By the way, how did that happen? Well, for some, you were sitting in church and the Holy Ghost came by. My dad, when he was a young boy, loved to read comic books. Before he ever was really in church, he got a chick track, one of them chick track comic books. It was that one. Y'all probably seen it. said, this is your life. It has the account of a, a boy, a young man who dies and he's there at the judgment and it literally is like a screen showing his life piece by piece showing him how that he sinned and never put his trust in God and that he heard the gospel. Amen. My dad, a young boy who loves comic books, read that, and as he did, the Holy Spirit began to speak to his heart and his need for a Savior. 
For some, it was a mom or dad sitting down and telling you. It may have been a gospel track. It may have been a preacher. It may have been reading the Bible. Whatever it was, when the gospel came to your door, somebody somewhere did something that put you in touch with Him. Why? Because if we love Him, and He's been so good to us, then we should then have a concern for those around us who don't know Him. Right? When we see someone who's blind in their sin, and they have a hatred toward God, and they have no desire toward the things of God, it should hurt our heart. It shouldn't make us angry and want to punch them in the mouth. It should break our heart and want us to, to take them the gospel and to show them the same love that God has toward us. Amen. That if God has displayed His desire toward us, that He loves us so much He wants to be with us, that so should we have a desire and our concern to reach others. We should duplicate His delight in us in our caring for others. Romans chapter 12, verse number 9 said, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. What does that mean? We ought to want good things for other people. Amen. <clears throat> we duplicate God's delight in us by caring for others. This, I, I just got done telling you that God loves every soul on the earth from the lowest to what we would consider the greatest. And just as God loves them, so should we. Amen? We ought to let our love be without dissimulation. That means don't put on a fake love, but love them and care for them and want to help them and be there for them and, and want what's good for others. Amen? If we stumble through our lives and only ever care uh, for what pleases us, we only ever care for what suits us, <clears throat> what blesses us, and we never find delight in sharing joy love and peace with others, then how are we duplicating the delight of God when He shared with us the gift of His Son? Here's the truth. This time of year, like I said, it's a time of giving. And we'll give gifts and all those things. And we do those things not because we want someone to think we're great, but because we want to make them happy. When I give my wife a Christmas gift, I want her to love that gift. I want her to be happy that she got that. I'll never forget one year my dad, we went to Christmas shopping and me and dad, we went into a, a jewelry store out in some mall somewhere and, and dad was looking for a pair of diamond earrings for my mom. It's not the sort of thing my dad would often buy her. And he bought her these stud diamond earrings. I mean, they were beautiful and uh, costly. And they had a little thing, I don't know where it was, like a Zales or something like that. <clears throat> And they had these teddy bears. It had a little, little, you know, looked like a drum almost gift in the, in the hands of the teddy bear. And you opened it and it had the, the jewelry there. Well, I remember Christmas morning, we were all stoked for mom to get her diamond earrings. Because me and my brother, we were there and we helped him pick them out. We're like, oh yeah, she's going to love these things. She had even mentioned wanting some diamond stud earrings. And then she got the teddy bear. And she looked at it she said, oh, well, this is nice. And Dad was like, no, well, open it. There's a gift. You open the thing. And she opened it. And I remember the look on her face. She was completely nonplussed. She was like, oh. And that was it. And here's dad looking at her. I just saw, I just saw his face just 
all just deflated like a balloon. He's like, well, they're diamond earrings. He's like, oh, they're nice. No, they're, uh, they're nice. Thinking, no, no, they're not. You know, and we, I will never forget that moment, that disappointment on my dad's face. And by the way, he's never forgot, and he never will. As long as he lives, he'll never forget that moment that he spent all that money on diamond earrings that she just didn't even care about. And I don't understand why she didn't, but for whatever, she tried her best. Oh, no, they're beautiful. I love them. No, it's too late now. No, the cat is way out of the bag. When we give a gift, it is we want the other people to have joy from it and to light up. And that is, that is the care and the love and the delight with it that we get in others. And that is what we need to have for everyone around us. Just as God delights in us, we ought to delight in being good to others. Why? For their good. Not for your good. We don't, we don't be good to others because it's a tax write-off. Amen. We won't be good to others because, well, we want everybody to think that we're good. Oh, look how much I gave to the, the Red Cross or whatever. That's not it. It's because we want to love them and be good to them and for them to experience joy so that they might receive the Lord. Amen. And have joy unspeakable, full of glory, peace that passeth understanding. What greater gift could we possibly give? Amen. Our love, our delight is expressed and it is duplicated from the Lord in our caring for others and Lastly, we duplicate His decency and our kindness. Colossians chapter number 3, verse 12, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness and longsuffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, also do ye. And above all these things, He said this, put on charity which is the bond of perfectness. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you're called in one body, and be thankful. And let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And this, finally, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. As Christ shows us the kindness of God, he shows us the love of God. That agape, limitless love. So should we then, above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. What does that mean, the bond of perfectness? Very simply, it means this. The only way that you will be perfectly right with God in your life is by exhibiting the love of God in your life. It is by producing the love of God. We know that perfect doesn't mean sinless. It means that you are mature, Christian, growing and walking with God exactly where you need to be. And that bond only exists through charity. How come the Pharisees who were walking such a tight line according to the law, they wouldn't even bend over and pick up a piece of paper they dropped on the Sabbath day or whatever? I mean, they had all these crazy, stringent rules, and they dressed a certain way, and they walked a certain way, and they talked a certain way. How come they were not perfect, perfect in their walk with God? How come they were not right with God? Because they did not have charity. Charity is the bond of perfectness. It's greater than joy. It's greater than peace. It's charity. It's the love of God. And our decency should reflect kindness as God has been kind to us. There's ever a time of the year 
when you ought to be forgiving. It's around Christmas time. There's ever a time of the year when you ought to be patient. <laughs> Amen. Just don't go to Walmart. It's around this time of year. Amen. Ever a time when you ought to be extra long-suffering, extra kind, extra loving, more conscious of your, your attitude and your spirit toward others. It should be now. We've got to put on charity. We've got to walk in charity. We got to love in charity. We ought to do it. And you know why? Why are we good to others? Because God's been good to us. Why are we kind to others? Because God's been kind to us. Amen? We see the displayed goodwill of God, who in his righteousness could have sent wrath and judgment. And instead, sent mercy, grace, and truth. Amen? The three-part gift of Christmas, glory to God in the highest, on earth, peace, and goodwill toward men. These three gifts were given for the sake of others. Christ came and laid down His glory aside and <clears throat> that He might descend to a low estate to save others to show the merciful glory of the Father. Jesus walked on this earth with nowhere to lay His head, the Bible said. Poor. Why did He do that? When He had all the riches of heaven and the glory and the power of an almighty God, He did that for others. Endangered Himself as an infant, went all the way to the cross, and laid down any semblance of peace so that you could have peace that passeth understanding. He did that. He came down to show God's goodwill toward others and saving them and blessing them and helping them and healing them in His abundant kindness and the great love wherewith He loved us. Why? For others. Just as the old hymn says, Lord, let me live from day to day in such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel to pray, my prayers shall be for others. Yes, others, Lord. Yes, others. Let this my motto be. Help me to live for others that I may live like Thee. This morning, as we consider the great gift of Christmas, let us remember, He lived His life for others. And if we want to reflect His goodwill, we must do the same. Thank you again for listening to the Calvary Road Baptist Church podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, you can find the link to our website in the show notes to www.calvaryroadbaptistchurch.com. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen to today's sermon, and we hope that the Lord will use it to edify you in the faith. If you'd like to help spread the word about this podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts or by telling a friend. Thank you again, and have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.